welcome to episode five of Electronic Quarterback, our podcast that is exploring the relationship between technology and leadership. I'm here with my good friend and my second boss that I ever had, <laughs> uh, Dean Hopkins, and we'll probably end up talking a little bit about maybe some of those days. But mm. um, first up, maybe Dean, just tell us a little bit what you're doing with 111 sure. and uh, some of the exciting stuff going on there, and then we'll just go from explore there. from there. Sure. Yeah. Sure, 111 um, has been around about six years now. Um, basically realized that there was a lot of support for early stage startups in Toronto, but that once you ceased being in early stage and kind of entered the middle stage of your life, which is when you're starting to scale things, you didn't have a lot of support. So 111 is literally the, in the business of providing that next uh, stage of support. We just crossed 50 companies that are our members now, um, about 850, almost 900 people, all in about 120,000 square feet in on Front Street. And what we do is we basically build a community out of those 50 companies and teach them how to support each other on that growth journey. And then we bring a bunch of resources and support um, to help make sure that they're not um, disadvantaged during this, this stage. And we've got a great track record. Um, over 97% of the companies that have been 111 members over the last six years are still kicking it, um, which is great given that the the industry. Yes, alive is good. Alive is good. Yeah, 97% alive. 97% alive. Uh, yeah. They've collectively raised over $600 million worth of capital. Um, wow. And we'll have our first probably couple of public exits this uh, this year. So um, I right. think a, a great model. So, and it, it's just to be clear, it's not startups, it's companies that have made it yeah. to a certain kind of a point. And uh, how, how much interaction is there between the companies? Huge. So one of the things we do is to get into 111, you have to qualify, to your point, you have to be about a million in revenue and more, um, 10 people or more having mm -hmm. raised a reasonable round of capital. But then what we actually look for is, are you going to pay it forward into the community? Are you going to get involved? Are you going to run events? Are you going to into attend Into the 111 events? community. Correct. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. work with your peers? Are you going to share your network? Are you going to um, advise people when you can mentor them? And so the idea is, uh, we then provide the events and the coordination to make all that happen. There's about 300 events a year where we encourage the, the level of collaboration between the companies. Cool. So, Dean, you and I started working together, I don't even want to admit this, but... 25 years. Yes, it was 25 years ago. And uh, just the, the job I had before that, we had no email. I joined Cyberplex. We had email, so we, a lot, yeah. we had calendars, we had intranets, we had all these things. Mm. So it was right in that transition zone. Sure. So we've lived through that. So I'm curious to hear your sort of opinion on leadership mm. and how, how has leadership been affected by all of this technology, mm. this available information, uh, communication, and what have you kind of seen there mm. um, in your journeys? Sure. Well, I think there's a, a this is a long topic. How long you got? Um, so it's, I, I it's ours. It's ours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, at this 25 years, like we talked about, I started a company in 1994 when there were 2,500 websites in the world, and there was still no real public internet. Right? You had CompuServe, you had Prodigy, you had right. AOL. Yeah. Um, you had interestingly in Toronto, you had no venture capital scene, you had no tech incubators, accelerators. Um, none of the leadership support stuff that you have now that supports what has become a very vibrant uh, startup community. So we really had to learn how to do this on our, on our own. I think that's one of the main differences that exists now versus then is that there's a huge amount of support. There's actually rigor in how you lead, what you need to do. There's a ton of mentorship, a ton of support, a ton of digital resources. 
I watch my kids go onto YouTube and learn everything. You can do the same thing with startups. Right. Um, I mean, like when you started Cyberflex, how old would, would you have been then? So, 1994, I was uh, 26 years old. Right. So, and so I would be old. There weren't a lot of people <laughs> around to kind of coach you. None. Yeah, so right. like no coaching, no mentoring. I had some guys from McKinsey that helped me, but they weren't startup guys either. I mean, we mm -hmm. were literally the blind leading the blind. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I like to see now is uh, there's a tremendous number of people who've been through the startup experience. They've, they've grown businesses of all shapes and sizes, and they're giving it back to the community so that you have lots of support around you. So as a leader, you, there's no excuse to do it alone anymore, whereas right. we really had no choice. Yeah. Now you've got a tremendous amount of digital resources, people, courses, there's, mm -hmm. there's entrepreneurship programs at universities now that, mm -hmm. that, that, that was not even conceived of back in yeah. the day. So, I mean, one big uh, change is the fact that there's all that resource and, and um, things that can help people uh, lead. But what I've been actually really interested in, and we were just talking about it, was that there's actually now respect for the fact that leaders really evolve through um, a set of phases in their lives and that they use different resources and different parts of their self um, in, in that leadership. So early stage, you kind of got the guys that are, um, are just thinking about an idea. They have a problem that's burning and they're saying, listen, I, I got to go start a business to try to fix this problem. Um, that requires a certain kind of skill as a leader, right? You're, you're trying to really understand a problem very deeply. You're trying to attract the first few crazy people to join you on that journey. You're trying to attract the first customer to test out the journey. Um, one set of skills. Um, and that's pretty prevalent now in Toronto. There's mm. a lot of people who've started, uh, started businesses, and so you've got a, a plethora of people that but do that. But then what's that? Who's, is it the same person to take it to the next step and the Correct. next step and, and that, the next step? And we're finding that it isn't. In fact, mm -hmm. the person that is great at that idea formation, the next stage is really all about validating the idea. Not only validating the idea, but validating the economics of the idea. And that's where most of these guys get it wrong. They're, they think it's all about having a cool solution, having great technology, having great, you know, the, even the first great customers. But what they fail to see mm. is that actually innovation in this next stage is about how can you rapidly attract customers and how can you create a scalable model that attracts customers faster mm -hmm. than they leave. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you start with technical founders who constructed a really interesting problem, they start to struggle when it becomes really a marketing challenge, a customer mm -hmm. acquisition challenge. Yeah. Um, whereas I, th I think everybody thinks that the problems right now are attracting talented technical people. In fact, it's completely the opposite. Why Canada punches below its weight on really big uh, technology startups is not because we don't have the technical talent, because we don't have the sales and marketing and customer acquisition stuff, mm -hmm. which is what that whole second stage is about, is really differentiating how you acquire customers. Interesting, interesting. So and I wanted to go somewhere else with you on this yeah. because you do have a unique vantage point sure. with 111 and, and all these different companies you see. And um, I'm wondering, again, in theory, technology makes things more inclusive. Sure. And, and then that leads my thinking into diversity. Mm. And so are you seeing more diversity in any form mm. uh, with the leadership in these companies that are... Yeah. Uh, either residing at 111 or just other companies that you're exposed to? It's funny, we, we care a lot about diversity and we've just done a recent survey on gender diversity with our, our friends at Diversio, which is a great Canadian company that's focused on helping uh, companies of all shapes and sizes understand their diversity and how to become more diverse um, to really leverage. Diversio. Diversio, okay. yeah, great company, great, great Toronto company. Um, what's interesting about the, the journey on diversity is uh, I think it gets a lot of, um, centricity around gender diversity. And in fact, uh, diversity is a much larger topic, right? It's, it's sure. more about diversity of thought, 
diversity of background. And really, it's actually all about making sure you're tapping into um, a wide variety of perspectives so that you don't end up with a blind spot as a leader. Um, and so the more diversity you can have of points of view, the more likely it is you're, that rich set of experiences will inform decisions you make. Gender diversity is uh, one aspect of it, and that's actually just about tapping a, an, an ore vein of talent that we haven't mm -hmm. tapped. And if you think about it, building a company in Toronto right now is all about having the maximum amount of talent you have available to you. Mm -hmm. and if we're leaving 52% of the population aside, um, it's, it's really dumb. So yeah. what we're trying to do um, across the whole industry, and I, I'm on a lot of working groups and work with a lot of teams, is, is to encourage people to think about it as, how do we unbridle this incredible pent-up um, amount of expertise and talent and, and um, great thinking in uh, women who don't naturally choose STEM as a career, don't naturally choose startups as a portion of their STEM mm -hmm. career? How can we make it more accessible to them? And that change, that we have to change a lot of things to make that happen. We need role models, we need examples at the companies that women can see and go, I want to be like that person. They're mm -hmm. not going to look at a middle-aged white guy and go, I want to be that, that person. They mm -hmm. need to see people that look like them and, and behave like them. So part of the initiative is to elevate um, the stories, the narratives around these women who are doing amazing things and get them to the, the girls who are in school right now and say, you can be like this. Um, yeah. That's part of the, it's storytelling more than anything because there are some great women. And then it's making, uh, so for example, I do some very simple things. I will not sit on a panel, I will not speak at an event if it's not gender diverse. And that causes the people who are creating the venues for people to tell stories to actually have to balance the stories. Um, and enough of us do that, enough of us make those small changes, it will, it will elevate. Yeah, um, I mean, I have to say, I mean, I, I was, when we were planning this podcast, I went in LinkedIn, I put in CEO, and everybody that I'm connected to as CEO just pops up. Yep. And it, it, it's mostly men. Yep, that's and, the problem. Uh, I mean, there's some wonderful female leadership, but it would be great to see more of that and, and maybe more uh, ethnically diverse leadership. We're doing uh, actually really well on that in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, the ethnic diversity thing, we punch way above our weight. Toronto is one of the most ethnically diverse places yeah, in the planet. Makes sense. We actually have a really good track record on that. It's, it's women. We're only at 13% of women um, in tech that are so in senior leadership positions. Terrible, terrible uh, number relative to more than 50% of the population are women. Yeah. Um, so we got a long way to go. Interesting. And I, I had in one of the uh, earlier episodes, I think it was Jim Harris was talking about creating another sort of sub board within companies mm. that would help you think about things like Gen Z, yep. millennials, cultural issues, sure. diversity issues. And have you started to see those kind of boards that are sort of there for that kind of almost sensitivity purpose? Hmm. Yeah, we haven't, seen, we haven't seen anybody do that. It's a great idea though. Yeah, that's what um, I thought too actually. One of the things we, we have yeah. started to see people do, if you're familiar with the B Corp, um, B Corp certifications, um, so it's like ISO 9000 and, and other things that people are, are using as a venue to educate and to then say, right, what do I need to do? Give me a list. Mm -hmm. well, the B Corp certification is all about corporate social responsibility, diversity, inclusion, um, you know, environmental friendliness okay. and things like that. So we're seeing a number of companies go and um, submit for and do all the practices to get to be B Corp certified. B Corp. B Corp. Um, and so it's a great, if, you're, if you really want to be a leader in your, comp in your company, you want to attract the next generation who care about these things. B Corp certification is sort of this flashing light that says, mm -hmm. I care about this stuff. We're putting our money where our mouth is and we're actually giving um, you know, this brand to the fact that we, we live up to that full set of um, you know, progressive standards, which I think is a tremendous, tremendous thing to do.
Very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, listen, Dean, we're, uh, we're at the end of our time here for uh, this episode sure. of Electronic we can, Quarterback. We can go on. <laughs> at least you know what Electronic Quarterback I is. I I've played it. Um, yeah. Anyways, listen, I will say Dean was my second boss. That was also my last boss I ever had after that. See, I started, I spoiled I started them for companies yeah. after I can't handle this. Uh, no, but it's been great to see all the Perfect. success you've had and uh, over the years and really glad we could get you out today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you for watching this episode of Electronic Quarterback. Don't forget to rate, review, and of course, subscribe to our podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks very much.